camera fades in high over Alkenstar Falls. At the top, three ships are being loaded onto the top of the screw, an ingenious platform that uses clockworks to raise and lower passing vehicles, passing vessels, up and down the 500-foot-tall waterfall. As the camera floats down, for one moment we see the sunlight peeking through the thick smog covering the city of Alkenstar, flashing a rainbow for just the briefest of moments. And as we move down further towards the bottom, we see the waterfall crashing into the Estradi River below, a cloud of mist dancing here, making everything slick, including the tiny wound, the tin wound hydro plant generating its power from the current being generated by this waterfall. As our camera turns away from the power plant across the half dozen or so ships waiting on the Ustradi for a ride up, we see a small rowboat of people moving towards a shanty town built 500 feet down the cliffs, just reaching the top of the river. Sailors clamber onto the docks where street vendors and street walkers alike vie for their attention and coins. It's a chorus of voices, each competing for their slice of business, yelling over the constant rumble of the waterfall itself each cog turning, doing its part to make the whole of Alkenstar chug along. Click, clack. Hillside, or more affectionately referred to by the locals as Hellside, an attempt to capitalize on the opportunities of passing ships. Built without regards for safety or sanity, this 500-foot-tall sprawling city clings to the side of the hell-fallen cliffs, a desperate part of town for particularly desperate people. And as the camera moves up a level, the slick wood swollen with mist from Alkenstar Falls, with mist from Alkenstar Falls in desperate need of replacement, we see our outlaws standing outside a small row of luxury condos. Hollow Manor Estates, a failed attempt at gentrification, offering more than just a wooden shack. Living quarters carved directly into the cliffs themselves. A chance to raise a family. Escape the noise. Have more. Or, in the case of our outlaws, a lead on a mysterious alchemist named Shoma Lyserius, a burnt-out student of Blither College, somehow involved in the attempted kidnapping of famed inventor Vashon Gattleby during your escort mission. You have been tasked with tracking down the person responsible and finding out why. Bringing you here with a slip of paper marked Hollow Manor Estates, apartment I-1, standing outside the rundown apartments, staring at the matching numbers, wet from the falls, and ready to close this investigation. Players, the scene is yours. So Sarut goes, gets the uh, backpack full of ammo, affects the reloading, and then probably just looking down at whatever the hell came chasing after us. Well, too bad we couldn't get information out of them. I think we dispose of the fiends in this part of the world by, and then pantomimes pushing over the falls, looks at everybody else. 
Is, is this the apartment look like occupied or vacant? I do know that you roll the natural 20 on your sort of ops, your perception to like scout out this place. Um, just looking at this apartment when the apartment's nearby and stuff, uh, it does not appear to be abandoned. It doesn't look like, I mean, it's, it's, it's maintained the front. There's like no mail in the mailbox. There's no, there's nothing that would give it the sense of abandonment. Uh, just looking at it, it feels lived in. It feels like, you know, homey. So in that way, there is probably not abandoned. Doesn't this guy make like them stuff that blows up? I mean, what happens if he like tapes some of that to the door right here? What do you think, Anita? I wouldn't because I don't want to get the attention of everyone else that's that could be within the vicinity. I'd always pick it, pick the lock. And with that in mind, sir, tries the door and doesn't open it. But like, is it locked? With a little jingle, jiggle of the handle, yeah, it's definitely locked. Obligatory checking of the key. Like, Ruffy has some thieves tools. Ah, do you not have the key for this one? No, I think I learned that one the hard way, but thank you for rubbing it in. I appreciate you. My pleasure. <laughs> Get the door, partner, I'll cover you. Up comes Giselle. Thieves tools out, I'll give the door a go. Flower power. <laughs> <laughs> it clicks after maybe like 30 seconds of, of attempts and then the lock pops open not much issue after you sirs and madams very well and up goes the shield and I'm gonna try to open the door and walk in I feel like this is very we're just clearing the place open the door go to the next door check the door open the door keep my shield up be ready for trouble looking for traps and uh Ruffy's just looking for his next target. Gotcha. And like this whole thing is like a, a one apartment complex or one apartment building, right? This is one apartment. This is apartment II, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So then I think I have the impression that someone's here. I'm just going to run down to the door and check it open. Um, As you step there, there is a sort of uh, clicking noise. Oh, no. As like the the floor the floorboard itself sort of gives in just about like an inch, and there's like a click, and in one smooth motion, the door actually flies open inwards away from you, revealing the room. A crossbow like shoots out and drops from the ceiling, and this heavy crossbow is just pointing right at you. Uh, Nineteen for Anita. That's a 23 for Reficule. I will reason with the machine. I didn't roll well. That is a crit. That's a crit. Does it need to have cover because there's a seven foot dude standing between her and the crossbow <laughs> trap? Still a crit, yeah. Unfortunately. Excellent. Okay, so I'm gonna... If I wanted to like pull the crossbow off the wall is that feasible i don't know how this thing it is, is. i missed my mace multi-pistol i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna crafting all right crafting it is or someone if they would like to roll 1d20 plus 10 i would like to try to just i can do a crafting for Saruk. i got i'll roll the the crafting check 
So 16 on the dice. I didn't add, yeah, so 25 is going to be enough to, um, with that, you manage to basically dismantle the reloading mechanism of this crossbow. Got it. So then run with me on this. There's not a person holding this or a thing that might pull it away. Can I just third action interact to remove the bolt? I'm just gonna whoop. Uh, dropping things is a free action, right? I'll I'll drop my shield because dropping a gun that's loaded sounds like a horrible idea. But drop shield, grab bolt, and then grab everything afterwards. Woo! Says the person who was just shot by a crossbow trap. You doing okay back there? Yeah, I say as I do a. Quick wounds on myself, like a quick battle medicine with assurance. Assuming that no one's bleeding out, I'm gonna just step in. Well, I guess be in front of the line. I'm gonna. Can I send a perception check? Just look it around. Hmm. What would I do? I would. Actually, where where are we? A kitchen. Oh, no, now is not the time for baking bread. Though I did think of it. Watching the door. The main door and that other door in the hallway. I'm just looking around for anything, like, interesting. Uh, anything that might clue me into Lycerius, Lycerium, Shoma, Sipsilm. Uh, can I do, like, a recall knowledge? Um, with... What do I have? Can academia lore help here? Because I'm thinking by academia lore, like, I was just in the library a lot. A natural 20! Man, you are good today. Jeez. So... I pull it after you all. Sorry, we'll go forward. So, uh, by pulling the Creed's root, Anita, you are able to uh, open the secret door. I guess before you see anything, you smell the acrid smell of chemicals waft out into the kitchen and like drown out any smell of spices. A large table stands in the center of the room with a half finished humanoid construct lying there disassembled on top of it. The like the the tunnel you're kind of coming in looks into this laboratory and you can see that there are other doors leading out of this kind of centralized chamber, but your eyes are immediately drawn around the room because there are sort of these clockwork machinery creatures that are like standing here. And then when you guys sort of open it and the light floods in and you're kind of head, you take one step in the, like all their attention sort of spins and looks at you as these clockworks like spin around grinding their gears and notice you. Also, in the middle of the room, there is this tiny little creature, clay winged, weird looking creature that's standing there in the middle of the room with all these constructs. He's kind of standing over this kind of disassembled device, like pulling at some of the wires. It looks up and locks eyes with you. You lock eyes with it. And I need everyone to go ahead and roll some initiative with your Hal Brent bonus. Don't forget the Hal Brent bonus. Plus two Ooh, that's a, 
That's a natural one for the clockworks. Good. Oh, natural one for Anita and Wybert. That's Not a great. 17 for Reficule. 21 for all. Dirty 20. Not bad, not bad. All right, so as as this sort of, um, you know, these clockworks come to life to defend their laboratory, Halbrandt, from second in line, you are first to act. What would you like to do? If I don't have my uh, sword already out, I would like to pull my sword out. I think is reasonable you came into this with your sword out and ready. I mean... I would like to stride forward. Okay. Look at all the constructs and be, oh shit. We rolled initiative because they look like they're going on the offense. Is that fair to yeah, say? They, they look like they were ready to like start defending this territory against you guys. And as you kind of look at them, um, they look very reminiscent of the sort of machines you saw at the bank. You know, back in the uh, back in the gold tank reserve when you robbed it, uh, mm-hmm. these look reminiscent of that level of clockwork machinery. Then how's gonna take like a? This, they got that coil of rope like right on their chest, and they're holding the spear. Yeah, snagging strike against this one here. All right, go for it. That's twenty-four. Four. That is a hit. Nice. But not a crit. 13 damage. All right, 13 damage. It does resist some of that thanks to its metallic body, but you managed to deal 11 points worth of damage and sort of knock it flat-footed. I think Kyle's going to do Dueling Parry. It's my turn. Okay. Come get this one here. Saruk, he's, he's sparking pretty bad. Alternatively, you said I could see something on the table. Uh, yeah, his token, I'll, I'll like slide him over. He's basically this little token, this, this little thing right here. It's basically right on the, t- the middle of the table where your token's drawn. You can't entirely see it, but it's it's there. It's making noise in the middle of the room. Is it enough that I could like accurately recall knowledge about it? Um... I think. Let's see. Is that I'm moving into the room first. No, you can give me a recall knowledge. That's fine. It'd be uh, either Arcana or Crafting, unless you have a specific lore you'd like to try to use. Oh, it's Crafting. Or, mm, how do you feel about Shoma lore? Uh, you can give me Shoma lore. That works. Shoma lore. <laughs> this is your special lore that you you uh studied on Shoma, so we'll see. It's not weird. Okay, I'm going to pursue a lead, and I'm going to make sure this is blind GM roll. Hmm. Well, did you look at that? I've rolled question marks. Question marks. Based on some of the the stuff that you've heard and uh, about Shoma, um, he tends to have people have talked about him having a homunculus sort of assistant, and that's what this sort of appears to be a homunculus, a little construct. Gotcha. Uh, do I know anything else about them? Or What would you like to know about them? You tell me something you're trying to ascertain and I can tell you something about it. 
I'm trying to. Th this feels very like looking at it, looking at its position, looking at the rest of the room. This feels very like familiar y. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm wondering if this isn't like uh, the guard dog that can communicate with Shoma quicker or might call for help in the room. Or... So, with that role, you would. Uh, it would appear that yes, these homunculus can have a sort of mental link with their masters and sort of be an early warning system. Um, so it, it probably is mentally connected with Shoma, yes. The homunculus is first priority, and I'm gonna move into the room. Whale hail. 5, 10, 15, all nine of them. 20 to... Around the corner, please, Foundry. Oh man, there are a lot of dudes in here. And then third action, I'm gonna try to shoot the homunculus, not devising a strat. Okay. With my Giselle. Not using our int, but we're using our decks, I guess. Yeah. Well, well, I gotta remember. JK, I wanna move the step 20 is there instead of the other one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit this familiar with my teeth. <laughs> Let's stab it. And make sure I got Fight all the things. Watch out. Oh, I'm uh, gonna use a hero point. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Monkey go. Last. We're hero uh, point. Hero point. I'm rolling. It's gonna die. Hero point play. Oh boy! Oh, wow. Hero <laughs> points into a natural twenty. Sheesh. Let's Hurts go. In chat, everyone. Not a lot. Six damage. Okay. Six points of damage. It has no. It will a single one, and then it was doubled plus three, plus two, and then doubled. Yeah, uh, it takes the full six points of damage. There's no resistance it has. And I think that's it. Just trying to be like in the homunculus's face as much as possible, trying to be the only thing it's looking at. Right. Being very, very scary and aggressive. All right, I think I have my shield raised at the start per exploration activity. Is that how that works? Yes, but it, it would have dropped at the start of your turn, ah, right? Yeah. So, okay, recall knowledge stride, strike. Mm. Yeah. All right, reficule. All right, uh, taking my free ten steps, ten foot step. Go there, draw the pistol as a free action. As I'm like passing by Annie, I'm kind of doing that like shoulder to shoulder to shoulder thing. Uh -huh. I'm asking. What the hell is a, a, a whole monkey ass? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I just shrug my shoulders and uh, move past Wybert. So that's 25. That's one action. Second action, I will go here. Does that require a climb or anything? Uh, that, yeah, wait, you know, I mean, that's, like, that's a full-on cabinet, so I think you probably can't stand in that space. Okay. All right. I thought it might have been like a little dresser or something, but uh, I think it's like a, a giant, like alchemical cabinet of of uh, equipment. Uh, I will stride to here then. Second action, and third action, I will. I'm gonna try to grab the little bastard. Uh, so grapple, you're uh, it's an athletics check against the target's fortitude DC. Should have just shot the bastard. Oh well, flower power. <laughs> hey, that's a good flower. 
It's not a good sign. Fortitude DC. Uh, yeah, you managed to reach out with your success. The target is actually grabbed. Nice. So I run in there with the gun and say, Is that the whole monkey ass? And I grab it off. (laughs) Yes. I hope you know Shoma probably heard all of that. Well, the home monkey ass gets to go next. So, given that you're you're you have it grabbed, I think it will try to escape. So, an escape attempt. It's actually an attack and not a manipulate, surprisingly, but it does count as an attack action. It's kind of interesting. Um, but it's going to do a you attempt to check using your unarmed attack modifier or an acrobatics or an athletics check instead. It's going to do acrobatics check against your athletics DC. That's an 11. What's your athletics DC? Is it 11? I think it's an 11. I've got a plus one. Okay, so with that, it successfully gets out of your grab. (laughs) And then it it strides. I guess it's not even a stride. Yeah, it's like a stride. It's a fly. Yeah, so it, it attempts to fly back towards the door. This, however, does trigger an opportunity attack. I'll take it. Not the half <laughs> monkey ass. And certainly not the quarter. 24. 24 is a hit. That's 18. Nice damage. So as it, as it flies away, it leaves itself open. You slash with your uh, your Kopesh. It like kind of slashes this thing in half as it kind of like flies, sl- <laughs> slams into the door and hits the ground dead right at the right at the door it's trying to fly to. Well, now it's a half monkey ass. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's done for you. I will teach you all so anything. much about science when we're done with this. But up next, the uh, clockwork's get to go. So this clockwork creature, first action, it targets Reficule and it uses its melee fist attack. 18 on the dice for a total of 25. That hits, yeah. That's going to be... Seven points of bludgeoning damage. Its second action is to grab you, so you're automatically grabbed by the creature. You grab that thing, it grabs you. Its third action is to uh, stab you with the javelin it has. The map attack. Uh, Eight. That's a critical miss. That's a critical miss. That was almost a 20. Close! This one here... You've got it, like, sort of snagging striked. It will uh, use a fist attack against you, Hal. Eh. 17 on the dice for 24. Yep. Even through your sort of raised parry, it still hits. Um, So you're going to take 8 points of bludgeoning damage. Second action is also to grab you. So you're now grabbed by this creature. And its third attack is also to do a javelin strike. Uh, with map attack, that's going to be 16, which is a miss. This one strides over here, also targets Hal with one strike. Because you already grabbed, it'll do its javelin strike with its second action. 14 on the dice is going to miss. Third action is going to be a map attack. The javelin, 12 total, and that's a miss. That's their turns. Anita. All right, first action, I'm going to go into overdrive. Let's go. Okay. Let's, yeah, go. Let's go. Overdrive. 
Giant robot. That's a 21. So successful, Wybert. It is a success. You can give a success effect on you and Wybert. Yeah. And then I'm going to give... I'm going to use two actions to give three to Wybert. Uh, Halbert, do you want me to kill the one that's about... That's all whizzing and smoking already? Or help you with this one? Give this one first. I've got him grabbed. You can hit him. Okay. Two actions for Wybert to stride all the way here. Wybert, you move through an enemy square. Yeah, he has to make an... If he's going to move through an enemy square, he has to make the tumble through action. Can, I, can Wybert just shove through him See, since he's like a ton of metal? I mean, you could do a shove action, but a tumble through is always going to be an acrobatics check. Let's see, Wybert, what are you good at? Yeah, he'll try and do. He'll try to tumble through. Sure. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> look at look at my agile baby. That is a whole monkey's ass. Yep. <laughs> That's oh, a hero okay. point. Hero oh point. yeah, so it's a hero point. Let's go, Wybert. Yeah, Wybert hero point. That's Wybert cartwheel. Yeah, look at my agile baby. Uh, twenty, and you're targeting the reflex DC, which is enough. Wybert tumbles through these creatures and can get through it. <laughs> With the hero Ooh. point. Okay. So how many actions do I have? One. That was two to get. It was one stride and then one tumble through. Okay. So I have. I can. Can I get here? So when. So let's see. Where'd you start? You started here, right? Mm-hmm. You hit Wybert has how much speed? Twenty. Five. Okay. So one to there and then. So, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Yeah, he has enough to get to that corner back there, yeah. All right. So, when he strides from there, both of these creatures spin around and take their opportunity attacks against Wybert. Oh, oh yeah, they do have opportunity attacks. I totally forgot. Okay. <laughs> so, the first one, it's a 19 on Wybert, which is a hit. Six damage on Wybert. And the second one also takes the opportunity attack. Gets a 19 also for a hit mm-hmm. for eight points of damage. Okay. And that was both three. But Wyber still has his third action. Wyber smash! A 15. <laughs> Why have you been rolling so low, Wyber? This would miss. However, thanks to the snagging strike causing it to be flat-footed, that is a hit. Yes. Damage. Seven points of bludgeoning damage. They are resistant to, so they take five, uh, but that's still enough for Wybert to buzzsaw right through it. Actually, that's a Wybert smash. That's just a punch. Punch right in the stomach, and then the whole thing just sort of tumbles in on itself and is uh, dead. That's it for my turn. All right, top of the round. All right, rinse and repeat. Let's do a snagging strike against this creature. Right next to Wybert. Ooh, 14 is a miss. Yeah, hero point. Oh, that changes it from a miss to a critical hit. Critical Change! hit. Fighters doing fighter th- mm, fighter things. Oh, God. Well, he is resistant <laughs> to some of that, but I don't think it matters too much because you like doubled his health in one strike on a critical hit and Change! just collapses in upon itself into a pile of heaps. 
I will move over. Yeah, you're no longer grabbed because you have uh, killed the thing grabbing you. And I will snagging strike this creature. Make that strike. And I have 30 movement. 22. Was that with the map? Oh, no. Whatever 17 that was. with the map. It would be, is it minus five or minus four? Is it a, is it a agile weapon? It is minus five. Okay, so 22 becomes 17. That's still a hit. Nice. 10 damage, and it is flat-footed. It's grabbing Ruficule, and you're grabbing it. Like a conga line. Join in, Farouk. Bum, 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 Yep, Farouk is up. Yeah, all right, untap upkeep to visor strat. I'm gonna do it with my Giselle. I'm gonna tee the target. Oh, wait, I guess I'm not gonna tee the target because that will give me information that I would not have. Watch out! 16. Gonna be a 16, all said and done. I think it's flat footed right now. So, yeah, why not? I'll drop my shield. And well, no, I won't because, yeah, that only works on the crit. JK, I'll take it. Does a 16 hit? It does, even shooting through Reficule, that's enough to hit. <laughs> Sorry if I shoot the hat. <laughs> <laughs> not actually wearing the hat anymore. No, oh, well, there's max damage, kind of. Whoa! Yeah, not bad. Sheesh. Sheesh. So, yeah, with that blast, the cowboy hat is unscathed, but the whole, like, ex- the clockwork explodes outward, and it, too, crumbles into a pile of debris. And with that, you've taken out the last of these clockwork-type creatures and managed to secure the what appears to be a secret laboratory. Oh, the monculus is going this way. I say we stack up on this door. You want to collect any of these robot quarters there, Anita? Looking around the lab, I mean, you're in a fully functional, like, laboratory full of, like, laboratory equipment, like, valuable laboratory equipment at that. There is a chance to sort of loot the laboratory, you know, Alchemist Lab, Expanded Alchemist Lab, and Artisan's Tools here for the taking, I've revealed the loot token it would take some time to like sort of gather all of the alchemy lab into a container it also is six bulk worth of material we can get it on the way back let's go sorry sir hang on a second could i just quickly repair wybert i just need 10 minutes i'm gonna do a quick repair on wybert yeah so anita goes and goes ahead and sort of gets the toolkit out uh, that will end the overdrive because that lasts for one minute and you had uh 10 minutes on a thing, but yeah, you can go ahead and do a repair. Are you encumbered? I mean, I ain't got shit in his backpack. It's literally empty, and he'll take it off his back and like hold it upside down, and there's nothing in it. Uh, you want me to carry something? I can carry it. Because you look like you're struggling. Are you struggling? Maybe? I will be struggling. Anita, yeah, you're ready to go, right? You're ready to kick down this door. You you know, right, this homunculus has a connection with its master, so like, the moment that, like, it saw you. Shoma knows you're here now. And like, you're going for that door ready to go. And then and, and Anita's like kind of stopping and like repairing and everyone is sort of like window shopping in the room. So there is that like sort of pressure in the back of your mind. You do know the more time you spend, the more time he has to prepare. Yeah. So I think like the literal second Anita is done, I'm going to throw the door open. Oh, no. Uh, so for repair, it's for success, it's five plus ten for expert. So 15. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying the damage. Oh, because it's a set amount. It's not a heal. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, so 15 hit points back to Wybert. Was that enough to heal him up? Yes, he's back to full. All right, Wybert's back up to full. Um, and then you chug a quick healing potion, that looked like, for just a little bit. I think Rafi will do the same. Chug a potion? Do the healing potion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so for Hal and Ruffy and then theoretically Superk, you have 10 minutes while Anita is is repairing Wyber. Is there anything you guys need to do in that 10 minutes to prepare yourself? I'll just be shoving shit into Hal's backpack. The breaking, the like glass bottles and all the chemicals, everything just into the backpack and uh, clinking around. But yeah, so you guys can take 10 minutes to loot. I mean, these things, they're very valuable. The glass is pretty expensive. All these chemicals are expensive. You know, these are worth a pretty penny, so it's it's worth taking. So you can go ahead and spend that time uh, loading Hal up without issue. And then uh, Anita gives the go, like the thumbs up, they're ready to go, and kicks the freaking door open. And it opens into a bedroom, and it kind of dead ends here at this bedroom. It features a single bed, a large desk and then a bunch of shelves with various knickknacks and keepsakes and a large armoire sort of off into the corner. Um, and as you step in, there's just a short hallway back to the alchemy lab. But as you like look around, it it's just a bedroom. Is that like a journal actually on the table? Yeah. So there is a bit of like scattered papers and stuff. And then the desk, of course, has like drawers and things in it behind you on this corner is like an armoire. And then um, over on this side, it just looks like a little like dresser. Gotcha. You can go check the other door. I'm going to toss this really quickly and just start pulling everything. So as you start going through the desk, um, you you like open that top drawer of the desk. And as it clicks open, there's like a and then there is a well, let's see. Yeah. So in this case. In this case, uh, flinging the door open, you can see for a split second, it's full of papers, including a nice leather bound journal that looks like it has like Shoma's like kind of handwriting on it. It looks like it's probably his personal alchemist journal with all of his like formulas that he knows his entire life's work contained into one volume. And your eyes go wide as you look at it. And then there's that small clicking noise as from under the bed, you hear it noise and then you start like everyone starts coughing as everyone in the room is sort of inhaling this gas yeah i do need everyone in the i guess technically yeah i need everyone in the room to make a fortitude saving throw fortitude a natural 20 critical success for anita yeah hal's got the right idea let's see those crits in chat 19 for Saruk, which is a failure. No. Try the other hero point. I don't want to die. I'm going to die. Steal, steal a failure. I guess Rufko's not in the room, so Rufko doesn't have to make the, the saving throw. Anita is unaffected. Powell's unaffected. Saruk, that's a failure. You can just feel yourself sort of getting drowsy. You're now slowed one. And then right as that trap goes off, right behind Anita, the door slams closed, and there's like a clicking lock that splits the room between uh, Reficule and you guys. Uh, oh. And now we're going to roll initiative. What? And a pause there. I was like, oh no, did my internet die? Yeah, this is a, this is a complex trap that does do things. Uh, <laughs> 14. 
That's 25 from Reficule. Well, Refi, you are first to react, but you're the door like slams shut and you hear it lock, locking them in there. And you can hear the hissing of the gas lines and them kind of exclaiming that there's something going on in there. What would Refi like to do? Uh, 10 paces, free 10 foot step. That's true. And uh, and uh, I'd then like to spend an action to interact and take out my thieves tools. And I'm going to spend two actions to work on the door. Perfect. Go ahead and make that that disable lock or pick a lock. I forget. What is the what is the action in Pathfinder? It's not disable device. Is it disable a device for locks too? Maybe it is. Power, power. The lock is the. Oh. I'm gonna use a hero point on that. Okay. Go ahead and spend that hero point. Oh. <laughs> So with that natural one, your hero point causes you to break your lockpick. On the critical failure, uh, you've lost your lockpick. Oh. That's fantastic. You have the rest of the set. You just need to buy replacement picks or pull out replacement picks if you have them. Nope. Didn't buy any on this character. Does it take two actions to do that, right? It's two actions to pick a lock and one to stride, yeah. That's my turn. All right. Saruk. Okay, so first action, indirect, grab the journal, second action. Okay, journal's here. You can go ahead and loot that into your equipment if you'd like. Yeah, already. And then second action, is there any obvious? Press this button. Make gas stop happening. Nothing obvious. But there might be something uh, that you could find if you were to search for it. Yeah, I think that's what it's got to be. I'm just going to... Look around. So as you kind of like take a look and you're looking at the way this mechanism set off, it feels like any anything that would have like stopped the gas from triggering. Once it's triggered, this gas has been released and it's just free flowing out now. Um, so your eyes go to the underneath the bed where there is this sort of tank of sleeping gas that is like spewing out. You need to like basically find a way to clog the nozzle or... So disable it at the device underneath the bed if you wanted to stop this. You could probably do like a sort of crafting, a thievery check to sort of disable it, a crafting check to uh, to like attempt to disable the device or if you're alchemically minded, you might be able to concoct some, a counter agent to the sleeping gas that might keep you guys from being affected by it. But if you're looking at a, for a way to disable it, it's, it's at the nozzle that's spewing gas directly under the bed. Gotcha. Zuru probably doesn't say anything. Very out of his head. Very dizzy. Very woozy. And that's my turn. Am I still slowed one? You are. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. The slowed one automatically go away at the end of the turn. Uh, start of the next. But I don't know if I was standing in something that would have me like locked there forever. When you regain your action, reduce the number. You finish slow value. I mean, it doesn't say it goes away, but I'm assuming it does, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is a this effect. I don't think slowed automatically goes away, but in this case, it is a one round effect, so it will go off of you. Gotcha. It is actually the trap's turn next, and the trap spews gas into the room. I need everyone to make another fortitude saving throw. I still have to make another. I'm not immune to it anymore. <laughs> you are not automatically immune on a, a a save, unfortunately. Remember that part where Tommy assumed we'd get all the loot. But actually, we're just going to take a fucking nappy. I'm going to use the hero point. All right. Also, in chat, Doc Nina gave Saruka hero points. Yeah. So does have one I'll more hero point. Immediately. Oh, God. 
success for Anita, critical failure for Hal. Plus good. Mm. Critical failure for Saruk. So actually what happens is Saruk and Hal both drop unconscious. What? The gas knocks them out. Um, it is Hal's turn. He's asleep. Anita. Okay, so let's try and disable this thing or create a counter agent. Can I go through this bed? Can I like straddle Saruk here so that I can get a nice... I mean, you can. Saruk's over at the desk. The bed's like way over here, so you can get to the bed. You really want to straddle Saruk on the bed? You can. That's fine. Oh, right here. I just want to make a do the counter agent, the crafting check thing. Do because the, the gas is actually spewing from this corner down here. Ah, there. Yeah, this bed over. Here. You can actually make the counter agent from anywhere, right? You're just looking at the chemicals and seeing if you could potentially come up with something to counteract it. Uh, you can go ahead and make a crafting check for me. Don't lie now, bitch. Here you go. <laughs> there, is, ah. there is a bit of chemical spill in the room. Oh. Ah, Two on the 13. dice, 13. Don't have a hear point. Can I use another action? Because I have like uh, two more. You can. So recall knowledge um, when you fail or if you succeed or you fail, the DC goes. I think technically once you fail once, it goes up. This isn't technically a recall knowledge. So, yes, I will say you can try it again at a slightly higher Slightly higher DC, if you would like to try it again. It doesn't say how many actions it is to create a counter agent, so... Ah, uh, 17? 17, uh, that is going to be a failure as well. Okay. You're running... It's like, every time you fail, the DC's going up. It's getting harder and harder to succeed. Oh, I already used another action. And I don't have thieves' tools. Bybird's unaffected by the gas, at least. He's just looking at you confused. Bybird smashed the door. I know I'm thinking about that, but it's like, can I, can Wybert try, can I give, I'll use one action to give Wybert two, and then he'll try to smash the door. One action to step. Yep, Wybert runs over and just smashes the shit out of the door. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead and make the attack roll. Are you making a force open check or are you making an attack roll? Like, are you attacking it like it's an object you're trying to break through? Or are you trying to yeah. do the force open? Oh, attacking it as an object to try and break through it. Perfect. Go ahead and make an attack roll. Wait, I wonder if Wybert can attack the nozzle <laughs> and, like, break through that. So it releases all the gas. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's true. Okay, attack. Uh, how do I do I mean, that? Theoretically, you could. It is an object you can target and try to smash and break the object. But that's true, though. This The gas is enough. Okay. Unnatural 20 for Wybert. <laughs> Why now? Where was the natural 20? Refy's sitting there trying to, like, do the lock, breaks the, like, pick, and just kind of, like, slumps his head down. Immediately, Wybert smashes the door, and that kind of hits Refy in the head. The door flies open, and, like, immediately you get hit with a waft of that, like, sleeping gas that was in there, uh, Refi. Uh, but there's a bit of a cool breeze and, and the air. A little bit of the gas rushes out, giving you guys a little reprieve from this, but there is a way to freedom now. So you're not locked in here with the trap anymore. Okay. That's it for my turn. Alright, at the end of your turn, Anita, make make a fortitude save for me. Y'all having a party, Anita falls unconscious in front of you. I'm wrong. There is no save for you at the end of your turn. You're good. Oh. It's only when the, the trap makes its turn. I thought you meant the other way. You don't get a save. You just die. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it it does its thing on its turn, but it's not a constant effect. So that's when, that was my mistake. So, Ruffy. 
door flying over me. Bloody hell, Wybert. What's going on in there? We need <coughs> to get them out. Oh, right. Uh, I will pull Annie out first because she's in my way. <laughs> Annie, are you in my way? Yeah. Spend it in a rapid action to drag Annie out of the room. Okay, one action. Mm-hmm. I'll allow that for one action. And why we just drag him out? One at a time. What if we work together for one of them? Like, I think, I think how Brent could be lighter than Saruk, so Wybert could carry Saruk, and then you and I could tag team how Brent? That's what she said. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, straddle it. That's not what I meant, <laughs> Annie, you know, you're a very good friend, but uh, just don't see you that way. And... Well, Hal does have a magnificent mustache. You could grab his cowpesh and throw it off into the dark. Hold to. I will spend two actions to hold a action in case I need to. In case Annie or Wybert can get someone to me and I'll drag him out. Saruk is unconscious. Uh, the trap spews gas. Uh, Hal and Refi. Or sorry, Hal and Saruk. You guys are the only ones that need to make the fortitude save. I'm glad it gets worse from here. Of course it does. Nine. They're just sleeping, right? You both have hero points. No, I don't. I just burned it on the last. Burned it, yeah. You move from stage two on stage two of this effect to stage three, which is like a deeper slumber. Like the first stage was just like one round of unconsciousness. Now you're at like no, you're unconscious until dot dot dot. Right, they're not just sleeping. We should get them out. <laughs> I will say though, in in the interest of uh, you know making you guys not panic too much, we're in a situation where the sleeping gas is is affecting you guys, but there is nothing dangerous. There's nothing attacking you, right? Luckily, you guys were able to deal with all of the enemies in this area. And let's say, perchance, there was a homunculus that was immune to this poison that was then attacking you at the same time. This might have been a more oh. dangerous situation. Who in their right mind is chaining encounters through several doors, opening them in the middle? What? Vanessa. The Omoculus was trying to get into this room. You guys cut it short. It was running here to hide. You killed it before it could get here. This trap is a lot less dangerous without you guys attempting, like this Omoculus stabbing you while you're sleeping. So in that case... You know, the gas runs out after about a minute and, like, Wybert is able to finish drag. Like, Wybert's able to drag, but what happens is Hal is so weighed down with, like, six bulk worth of, like, alchemical equipment that, like, Wybert can, like, barely drag him. And uh, he does manage. I think Wybert gets him out, but not before the gas has completely run out. And uh, Saruk and Hal, you guys kind of wake up lying on the floor of this um, alchemical lab. He has an armoire, and as you sort of peek through it, you can see that the armoire is stuffed with very nice, very expensive suits. The kind of suits that would fit in if you were to wear them at, say, the the rodeo. The Longhorn Lounge. Yeah, everyone was dressed really nice there, right? Um, looking through this this wardrobe, Shoma has spent quite a bit of money on fashion and things to fit in 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 high class society 12 sets sets of fine clothing and three sets of like very nice high fashion suits 
So there is a there is a uh, loot token in the room. You can go loot the clothing if you would so like. Absolutely, one of his out at least one of his outfits has a bow tie. New character art. <laughs> bow tie over the eye. Let's see if I can carry it. Yes. Yeah, how how heavy are they? That's a good question. I didn't really look. Encumbered six. I'm at five nine. <laughs> nice. You got three. You're carrying like literally like fifteen sets of clothing <laughs> on you now, so. Uh, I take one of the bow ties and I say, "Birdie boy, birdie boy, come over here for a minute." And I tie a nice little bow tie onto Wybert. It's so tiny. <laughs> it's like a mole. Uh huh. I have to use another bow tie. Tie it. I have to, it's like pretty much he has two bow ties because they won't and tie them together because they won't fit around. So I'm just gonna run into the hall. Uh, do a quick perception check. Yep, lightheaded, groggy. You go ahead and run into the wall, run into the darkness. So this this hallway is not lit at all. So you go into the darkness, no problem. I know how can go into the darkness, no problem. I know Ruffy can go into the darkness, no problem. But Anita, you look at the rest of your crew just barrels forward into darkness. I'm holding on to Wybert, who has echolocation. <laughs> He's got tremor sense, right? Oh, he has dark yeah. vision too. Yeah. Okay, um, so what are you looking for, Saruk? Uh Sounds of anybody moving, basically. Got it. You come to this sort of T-section here. It sounds like there is movement and noise bubbling, like a weird bubbling and almost like factory noises coming from your right to the north end of the room. And then to the left, on this, to this like hallway, it ends in another door, but it sounds quiet from that that way. Gonna go here. Gonna check the door for traps. I think maybe I'm starting to learn something. <laughs> All right. Get, give me. You're searching for traps, so you're you're doing the searching sort of exploration activity. Um, whatever, whatever. Someone else's activities that they're doing while Saruk leading the way into this scouting. Okay. Default I scout. I can't see much. I guess I would be trying to avoid notice in the back. So, Saruk, you take a look at the doors. It sounds like when you get close to it, it is, there's no trap. It looks like this door frame. There's no trip wires. There's no place. There's nothing you can see that makes you think this door is trapped in any way. But as you kind of get close to it, you almost can feel your hands sort of like the, the hairs on your arms kind of stand up a little bit. And there is a sort of low kind of humming noise. And you can see some flickering of lights kind of coming from the bottom of the door in a way that is kind of odd, like just kind of reaching your out. It feels like something is odd in the air. You can't put your finger on it necessarily. There's something weird on the other side of the door. You can just feel the energy. Okay. Uh, can I like crafting check for more context maybe, or? Yeah, give me a crafting check, like a recall knowledge crafting. I bring anything to ground myself. All right, you, you rack your mind. It doesn't feel like electricity. Like you kind of mind starts to first think maybe it's static electricity. Maybe there's something in all of your crafting knowledge. Nothing quite feels like what you're feeling in the air right now. You get you, you're unclear what's going on. All right. There's going to be some bullshit behind this door, probably. And I'm going to kick it open. OK, so we're going to kick the door open. Are the rest of you guys staying back at that like T section of the room or what are you guys doing as Saruk's going to go through the door? 
I'm just following the leader because I can't see shit. I'm also, as I'm avoiding notice, I'm also making sure that Annie just doesn't get lost. Okay, so there's a nice line. Saruki, you open the door, and then as you open the door, you see something. First of all, this is a walk-in pantry. There are shelves. There's, like, old food, like, places where you would store kind of supplies and stuff. But immediately, your heart sinks because this this pantry has been converted into some sort of magical ritual chamber. The floor is engraved with like rune-filled circle glowing with white, soft white light and there's a silvery sheen kind of tearing out of this ritual circle kind of coming up in the room covering every surface of it including all of the objects that were here in the pantry are just covered in this weird silvery blobby sheen. The only way in or out seems to be this exit that you're opening but it does look like almost in the middle of the room, something has taken like a knife. It looks like someone's taken a knife and basically sliced open reality. And through that tear, you see a glimpse into like an infinite beyond that sort of like hurts your mind to just look at. Yeah, someone has done some kind of crazy ritual here uh, in the chamber. The door was open and it seemed like the, the energy in this room had been contained. But as you've opened the door, you feel it like spill out. It goes through you. It tears down the hall. The silvery whiffs start threading out, reaching for anything. I mean, you're not necessarily aware at this moment what this ritual is, but you are aware of these weird sort of floating wispy creatures in the room that look like maybe they've kind of fallen out of this this tear this weird chamber they are like kind of floating around and with this door like open you just watch as they sort of start drifting in your guys's direction and i do need everyone to go ahead and roll initiative for me while you were explaining all of that do i have time to roll for context of what is going on in here I think I will allow you a recall knowledge check in the skill that you would like to apply to this situation. You tell me what skill you're using. Occultism, because I'm actually kind of good at it. All right, occultism. All right. Tell us your name. So you look at this. This is definitely a... This, this rift is opened from the material plane to the astral plane. And this tear has has kind of weakened the borders between the planes. And these floating creatures have come from the astral plane here. These creatures don't belong on our plane. They're, they are f- strangers here. But with the right know-how and you're trained, you're pretty sure you would have the ability to attempt it and maybe be able to actually close the rift and sort of end this affects on our our material plane. Um, you could attempt to uh, close the breach. It would be a three action activity to try to like work the magics and do the right ritual to close it, but you can definitely attempt it. And the more trained you are at things like arcana, nature, occultism, religion, and planar lore will help give you more bonuses to attempt. So the more well-rounded you are, the easier this sort of check will be for any of the people in your crew. You know, it's one interaction. Closing the door. the fucking door, yeah. <laughs> right. 
immediately as the door opens to you, you guys kind of feel these creatures probing your mind, looking around in your mind. You start almost like see they're rifling through your brains like a filing cabinet, bringing back memories of your life. You know, school at Blithir, wandering the desert, a duel on top of Alkenstar Falls. My nice comfy the, desk job anywhere but here. A nice comfy desk job being being like taken away and being ostracized, leaving your community. All these memories, like your, your kind of eyes flitter. These things are rifling through your brains, reading your thoughts. Uh, Refi, you are first. Don't particularly like that, as they are probably bringing up a bunch of memories that I'd rather not remember. Let's see. Uh, are we closing the door or not? Yeah, we're closing the fucking door. <laughs> ah, why not? I'll reaction draw my pistol and take a shot at one before that happens. Go ahead and target one and make that shot. Uh, I rolled a... What's my initiative? 23 to avoid notice. That is true. So they are... Unfortunately, given their thought sensibility and their ability to like know anyone with thoughts within range, you are not hidden from them. Even with the right. avoid notice. I tried. Yeah, no, it was a good call. Mm. That's Ooh. a 20. That is a hit. That's 12 points of damage. All right. 12 points. It is resistant to part of this because it's not really a creature. It's just sort of this floating blob of energy. So it does take a little bit less damage from your bullet because there's not really much to hit. Actually, sorry, it gets... It has... No, no, that's a, you have a magical rune on your shot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it takes resist two, yeah. Right. Uh, second action, I'll reload. And third action, I will use the aid action for the whatever. There's a next attack. I'll make a feint. That brings us to Saruk. Now I want to shoot him, but you know, I'm just going to interact. And well, 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 I guess <laughs> first, let me, let me recall knowledge. I'm going to be... Slightly, maybe a little smarter here. Uh, specifically, what we are looking for is: Are these things capable? God, if I roll low on this, of say floating through a door? They have thumbs. <laughs> With that check, they do not. They are not. What's the word I'm looking for? They're not imit- They're not intangible. What's the word that like ghosts have when they can move? Incorporeal. They are not incorporeal. Um, they are mostly just like basically like floating bits of gas. So they do not have the ability to just float through a closed door, but they would have the ability to sort of interact because they're not because they are corporeal. They can have the ability to interact with the environment. They would be able to reopen the door if you were to close it. Oh, God damn it. And do I think they're smart enough to do that? Uh, these things are reasonably intelligent creatures. They're not mindless by any means of the imagination. Do I happen to know what they're called? Uh, yeah, I think you rolled high enough. These are, um, I guess you pronounce it Ioton? It's basically, literally what you know of them are they are stray thoughts that float through the astral realm. And then occasionally they, the thoughts get entangled and sort of, become a physical tangible thing on the astral plane so this thought has found its way from the astral plane into our plane it's it's thought personified interesting okay so then second action gonna devise a strat 
targeting the one that Refi has targeted. Yes, they do have thumbs. <laughs> All right, it's going to be a 21. What a 21 hit. 21 does indeed hit. Wow. Nice. 17 damage. Nice. All right. It has a little bit of resistance, but it's not enough. You basically blast this thing, and it, like, the thought sort of, like, it's weird because there's not really, like, a physical body there, but the bullet still passes through. It still disrupts the thought, and it sort of, like, wisps away, and you watch as it sort of is, like, sucked back into the tear, back to the astral plane, uh, where it is, uh, it is gone. I see. Okay. That's through for me. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Halbrand. I think Halbrand will slink to this corner and peer down the way, so I want to try to stealthily wake, make my way into the darkness and look down the hallway. Okay, I will uh, I will treat you as being hidden, so you can make a sneak roll, which would just be basically, if you want to actually be stealthy, make a stealth check against any passive perception of something that might hear you. You get a plus four bonus just because you have total cover against whatever it might be. But if you're trying to be sneaky, then we can roll. 19. Perfect. So you sneak as quiet as you can towards the end of the hall. You peer around the corner. You can move your token up a little bit. Just take a quick peer. As you peer around, it looks like another long hallway that kind of turns again. All right. And from down that way, you do see light coming from the end of the dark hallway. And it appears to kind of be this this weird, like sickly green pale light spilling out of that corner. Okay. That was, was that two actions? I think it was only one. Then I'll think I'll hold an attack if a creature comes up this way that looks to do harm to me or my friends. Anita. Okay. I'm assuming it's not safe to get in there. So I'm going to pull out my crossbow. Oh, not a crossbow, my short bow. And I'll try to hit the... But I'll do overdrive first. All right, go ahead and overdrive. Overdrive. 24. It's a, it's a success. Yes, because I think it's... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, 15 to succeed, I think. Or standard DC for my level. Yeah, so... Let's see. Now, at level 3, your standard DC is 18, so... 24 is a success, but not a critical success. Me and Wyvern, in case Wyvern get one. Oh, I can't even see this bitch. So, D20? <laughs> I mean, you, you, there should be light down here, right? You should be able to see the room lit up. You'd be surprised. I cannot. <laughs> Unless I... Oh, wait, I can, I can, I can. You're right. Okay, short boat. 20! 20 is a hit. Hey, they will take... Five points of damage. All right, five points. That is resistant to that, and you're not using a magical weapon, so no. it resists double. Damn! So they take one point of damage. One more. Okay, another one. Well, it takes an action to reload it, right? Oh, oh sharpbow. Yeah. Never mind. I was thinking of crossbow. Sharpbow. Yeah. Uh, that it's one so unfortunately good. misses. Okay, that's it for my turn. These things... So the one you shot, Anita, what it does is it this, like, 
it like it you can feel it like kind of everyone feels it rifling through their brains and then it kind of stops and anita you feel the focus on your brain and immediately your eyes sort of blink and you're back at school for just a minute and you're in like alchemy class your your first sort of lesson advanced alchemy mixing the other chemicals and this thing seems very interested in your alchemical knowledge and you shake it off but when you look back it actually flies into the hallway it floats above everyone right over everyone's heads it doesn't suck your brain not necessarily but it does it is going to uh target you uh-huh. and it does attempt to basically it like you look up uh, i don't think anyone had an opportunity attack how i guess you're looking for something coming down the hallway but you glance back and you see this thing floating at anita you could use your reaction to shoot that or you can hold it for the hallway i don't know i gave refugee my gun uh, so it does attempt to reach out and like touch you, Anita. Fifteen is going to miss, and then uh, with his third action, it does a map a touch on you, which also misses. The other one that's alive actually does a similar thing, although this one floats. You know, it's kind of like over Wybert, but it's still reaching out at you, and it will attempt to touch you, Anita. Second action. Is 21, which hits. So it actually, the touch, the, the tendrils go into your brain and you can feel them like like giving you a massive headache. You're taking persistent mental damage from this effect now. But as it does, it like, it pulls something out of your brain. And as you look up, this like shapeless cloud forms and you see floating over you, your first alchemy professor, Professor Binge who's floating on top of you and this thing takes the shape of your professor as it continues to suckle information out of your your mind which actually um, causes it to take shape into a full form it says oh my god these things are incorporeal never mind well it's corporeal now as it makes <laughs> the effect uh, and it, it turns into a corporeal form landing right in front of Sarut because that's the only space it has to go now uh, but that's it. That's its turn. Nice. Uh, Reficule. The one above you still like a floating gas form. So that's definitely. I see it when it's when it it's not it's corporeal when it's absorbed the brain from someone. I didn't see the incorporeal tag on the top. I was looking for it on the side for some reason. That's my bad. So the mental damage I take at the end of my turn. Yes. Okay. Cool. I did forget you did hold a feint. I wouldn't have made a difference. I need a hit anyways, yeah. Yeah, and she missed by too much on the second one anyway, so. Right. Okay, for messing up the incorporeal trait on your recall knowledge, take a hero point for Saruk, by the way. I'll use it the next time you knock me out for four hours, and I'll get knocked out for four hours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, I'm going to... Where's the one that's... Is that, like, right above Anita, then? Like sucking There's this this one here is like right above Anita, and then the other one has taken the form of the professor, and then because it's manifested a body, it's appeared in the hallway, which is the closest it can get to anyone. Alright, I'll shoot him. Uh, That's a 26. It would be a crit if not for the cover provided because it has slight cover from the allies between you and it, so it, it's a hit, but not a crit, unfortunately. Prison chat, I know. It, it was it was close to a crit, but they didn't have the the bonus. 
All right. Uh, you know for I will let you crit. I will give you the non-bonus because I screwed up the incorporeal trait. So take your slight. Roll the crit damage. Roll the crit damage. All right. Merciful GM. That's 21 points. Uh, okay. 19 points of damage total. Uh, you you basically. Oh, actually, wait. Actually, yeah, it. It's not. It's no longer resistant, so it takes the full damage. I will use uh, Reconter's Reload to create a diversion. Pretty much faint. Try to make it look away, you know? So let me make that deception check to reload. Yeah, 15. Is it targeting the perception? Or is it the will save? It might be will save, right? This is a faint. Or what was the thing? Create diversion. This targets the creature's perception DC. So that is the success. Right. You become hidden to it. So you do a thing and it goes, huh? and like the, the, it looks up. Oh, I forgot it's already flat-footed. Oh, well. It's flat-footed against my next melee strike due to my sword and pistol, which I'm going to do a map attack for my third action and punch it. Well, the one, the one you're... Oh, wait, wait. Are you talking the one right next to you? Or I thought you were talking the one at the end of the hallway. So this one down here, right? This is the one that has the body form of the teacher. This one here that's right next to you is just still a floating cloud. Oh, uh, uh, Saruk's over there. I was targeting the other one, the one that's still close to Annie. Got it. OK, yeah. So so in that case, it would be, have been resistant. But yeah, go ahead and make that um that map attack. Flat footed. It is flat footed. Oh, so close to natural 20. Still a hit. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Let's go. More than one. Oh, that's more than one. Wow. Four damage, and this is from the hand wraps. That's true. Does the hand wraps make it magical? They are plus one hand wraps. They are magical. They do have the magical tag, so it's only resistant to, but that is enough to, to make it still stay up. You, like, punch through, like, like air, basically. That's my turn. All right, Saruk. Now ready. Untap, upkeep. Do the thing. Do the thing. It's going to be a 20. So I'll reload the gun for the second action and action the third, presuming a 20 would hit it. 20 does hit. 12 damage. This one has no resistance to that because uh, it's, it's like in the body form. Right. 12 points of damage. And that's my turn. All right. How? And Hal get to this point right here and still reach the creature that's over Annie. I think so. It's it's this weird space. I think I think so. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna snagging strike the incorporeal creature question mark. I mean, I think incorporeal makes it <laughs> theoretically immune to that kind of stuff, but it doesn't matter. You rolled a critical hit. That's a critical hit. Let's see those crits in chat. Twenty six. Well, it doesn't matter how resistant it is. The the creature is defeated. There's nothing to you're not sure. You're like, can I snag something that's incorporeal? And you try, but it doesn't matter. You kill it before you can answer life's mysteries. And do that and be done. OK, Anita. Um, What can I do to rid myself of the persistent mental damage? I mean, you can try to like like you can feel like it's almost like a, a a contest of your mind against yours. If you would like to spend two actions to try to like, you know, stifle the uh, the effect, 
you could then make a, another flat save to before the end of your turn to stifle it. Okay, yes, please. I'd love to do that. All right. Roll a DC 15 flat check for two actions. Huzzah! No. Ah, oh, Professor Binge, I didn't really like you. You are a bully. Uh, you still technically have one extra action? Uh, one extra action to uh, aid the next person who's going to take an attack. Okay. Well, at the end of your turn, that's going to trigger the mental damage. You take one point of mental damage. You can roll that recovery check. Not again. Still, still no. Actually, yeah. Okay. So now that this thing is like corporeal, it can't reach Anita, right? It looks Saruk's blocking the way. It, now that it has a body, it reaches up and it does a, a strike against Saruk. 16 on the dice for a total of 22. That'll hit. And you're going to take seven points of bludgeoning damage from it. And then it will stride back, I guess step back into the middle of the room and continue to sort of rifle through Anita's brain. Uh, Reficule. All right. Um, I'll just shoot the thing that I see. Okay, go for it. I have an aim with my short bow. Yeah, go ahead and aid. Uh, Anita, <laughs> it's so, and that's a uh, that's going to uh, give Refugula minus one penalty on the attack. Ah. Anita tries to aid, but gets in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, right, you did your best, Sonny. Uh, that's going to be a miss. Second action. Conter's reload. Listen, Professor, whoever you are. If you don't want to end up little wisp like your friends, I duck and on use intimidation. If it understands me, I'm not sure. All right, go ahead and make that intimidation check. It does actually because it's rifled through Anita's brain. It now speaks common like Anita. Uh, That's it only is a 12. Not, yeah, that is a failure, so it's not... Um, it's not affected. And I'm sorry, have you? Have I seen it make, like, range attacks at all? No. All, oh. all like, touching attacks. It touched Anita with his tendrils, it took a body form, and then it used its new fist and just punched Saruk. don't think that'll help, really, with Saruk. I'm just going to take a map attack at it. Why not? That's a hit. Yeah, five points of damage. And that's my turn. Actually, you know, this one doesn't have any resistance because it has its normal body form. It takes a full five. All right, Saruk. All righty. Deposit the shot for the first action. And then reload. 23 to hit for... Not? 17 damage. Uh, that's quite a bit of damage. That's going to do it. And you... you Blast poor for Professor Binge, who gets blown back, loses its form back into this thoughts, this random assortment of thoughts. They get sucked back to the astral plane, leaving no more threats and just this tear open with the sort of astral energy pouring out. And now I will close the door. <laughs> and then reload and just kind of get back into the next one. Yeah, I will say the way, what you would probably pick up on too as you close the door. 
prolonged exposure to the, you were pretty good in your, your sort of recall knowledge earlier prolonged exposure to like the astral plane has had an effect on everything that's in that room in the pantry they had this weird silvery sheen to them you you think that maybe if you took some time to loot all that it would be pretty valuable you're not sure the effects it might have you'd have to look closer but it's done something to those those items in the room that might be worth further checking we can come back for the astral can of beans later and I guess just heading down the hall. It still just sounds like uh, like factory noises and stuff down here. Don't worry about it. It is it's beyond your comprehension. Let's just go. So yeah, so Saruk so kind of goes on ahead. Hal has been kind of sitting there. You see them come up. You've heard like banging, sawing, like welding noises, bubbling sort of gears. And as Saruk turns the corner and looks for like the first time. You see what appears to be like a giant laboratory. The laboratory itself, the smell that you had smelled when you first came down into this secret laboratory is enhanced so much more here. That acrid smell, this giant 45 foot wide stone chamber is sitting here. And against the south wall, there's a five foot wide stone dais upon, upon which stands a black granite statue of a robed and hooded figure, its face hidden in shadow. The walls of the room are filled with all kinds of alchemical equipment and materials. There, it looks like to the right, there's this weird sort of construction with like all kinds of gears. And it looks like a built clockwork machine with two arms sort of coming off it. One has like a buzzsaw and one has some other weird sort of arm, which looks almost like the barrel of a gun sitting there in the middle of the, the machinery with like strewn. There's like all kinds of other arms that look like hanging on the wall with different attachments. And uh, your eyes are drawn to the center of the room because there standing at the stone dais, a man with skin, the color of smoldering earth, his hair replaced by burning flames, dancing, flickering, causing shadows to bounce across his face. He stands on the dais, grinning, waiting for you. The room, by the way, covered in glass, broken equipment, broken bottles. Between you and him, the entire thing is just a mess. This room has been trashed, and he stands here, grinning. The one you've been looking for, Shoma Lazarus is here. 